It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Hello, hello. Welcome to Done Being Single. I'm Trevor Brandon Sharp, and I'm here with my lovely and talented husband, co-host, love of my life, creator of our snazzy oh, so opening sweet. music, Thank you, honey. Robbie Sharp. Good afternoon, everybody. I think it's afternoon for everybody except those in Hawaii and other places. Uh, we are today broadcasting from the lovely La Quinta Resort in La Quinta, California, where we are here for a, a birthday party and some functions and having a wonderful time. So if you hear a knock on the door as <laughs> housekeeping. Ask, asking for housekeeping or maid service or turn down service, Just, uh, yep. yes. you'll, you'll know why. <laughs> So yeah, we're here um, for some fun and um, fun in the sun. Um, we are not here for a uh, dating um, convention uh, or a dating intervention convention. Uh, although here at Done Being Single, we do like to call ourselves dating interventionists, minus yes. the detox and rehab. Although I think we know plenty of people who could use a dating detox and a stint in dating rehab. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I could have back in the day. Uh, but uh, that's what we're here for, um, to kick your ass, bust your balls, and whatever else it takes to help you find love or happiness in just being single. They're not exclusive. Is that what you're saying? Right. Love well, you know, we, you know how I feel. Like, if, you're, if you are a happy single person... The happier a single person you can be, the sooner you will not be single anymore. That is a important That's thing to kind remember. of my motto. Yes. Um, a small programming note. I forgot to mention last week that I curse like a sailor. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, more like a longshoreman. So there will be... We didn't get any complaints. There will be blood. There will be a lot of shit. Um, fuck, piss, damn... Such as that. Um, we are also big on pussy here on Done Being Single. Not. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Sorry. That was... I'm just saying, uh, you know, pussy is not in the genital variety, but more in the wimpy. We're, you know, as in wimpy. So I'm warning you now, listener discretion is advised. So hold on to your hats, people. So make sure the kids are in the room. Okay. Right. Exactly. Um, What's this week's show about? Okay. So. Uh, did I mention you're the love of my life? Not did I get that in minutes, in you. between That's the um, you're my co-host and creator of the snazzy opening That's, music? Yes. Okay. No, so lovely. so you're also the love of my life, and um, which brings sure. me to something I've been thinking about a lot about love of your life and how many? How do you have many loves of your life? Can you have many loves? Um, is there is and if there was a love and it wasn't the right time, does that person qualify as really being the love of your life? So my question to you, Robbie, and our listeners, is there really such a thing as right person, wrong time? Or is it that you just haven't met the right person, regardless of what time it is and where you are in life? I feel this is a fascinating topic um, because 
I, you know, the question I ask myself, are the people we meet at the wrong time actually just the wrong people? Can we just leave it at that, that they're just not, they're, they're just not the right people? Or has there been something wrong with us all the time in that we haven't been able to see that this was the right person all the time? Yeah, I think, um, I think you're hitting on it, that uh, the uh, timing isn't everything. The right person is everything. And you have to recognize that right person, even at the wrong time. Now, yeah, I um, I think uh, in all of my single years, maybe, I don't know, maybe me more than you, because I think I've dated more than you have. Oh, really? I think so. I think I, I own the world record. After hearing your horror story. I think I, I my, right. there should be a new category of Olympic event. <laughs> um, power dating. You know, there's power lifting. Um, I think I, I do really, um, possibly very true. Higher 40s, LTS. What is it? You know, I've done it. I am Olympic. Uh, I'm the gold medal winner for at least quantity. Great. So, um, oh my, speaking of which dating tells tales from hell the other night I'm having dinner. We're having to, okay. Should I save that one? No, whatever you want. Okay. I'm just, I'm back on me. Because you know how much I love to talk I about do. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so in all my dating escapades and journeys and experiences, um, I cannot tell you how many times I said to someone, you know, too bad. You, it, it was, you're really a great guy, but it's just the wrong time. It just was, you know, and, and I think there was truth to that. I think that I may have met, and I did, I met some, some great guys. I dated some great, they weren't all losers, you know, according to you, even though you think that I, everyone before you was a loser. I don't know. I just, no, I, there stories were, some, were, you know, filled with them. Come on. You, you can't be 50 plus years old and single for 50 plus years and not have a few stories. You got some clunkers. Hey, who doesn't? It's okay. Yeah. But my clunkers are you got some good clunkers. world-class clunkers yeah. yeah your clunkers are like oh i opened the door and she wasn't you know for me my clunkers involve explosive diarrhea throwing up okay those are my clunkers uh, uh getting my period uh on a blind date at the table okay so yeah, those, you are, know. those are good so uh, you guys you're talking to um you know someone with a little bit of uh you know Dating past. Anyway, with that said, so I, um, uh, getting back to uh, the the ones that you let get away um, because you you thought were just oh it's the wrong time, whereas I'm starting to think the the older I get, the longer I've been doing this, that they're really um, the right person. There is no right person, wrong time. The right person is the right person. Okay. The real right person is timeless. The real right person, regardless of where you are in life, is going to is going to show up and be the right person. Um, but there were plenty of times for me where I thought, um, "Shit, maybe there's something wrong with me you that I wasn't not right at that time for that right person." It sounds like, maybe. and I think that's what we are are addressing is that. You may encounter that right person. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you may encounter that right person. But it is about being right yourself to accept that other person as being right. So, so was there something wrong with me that I wasn't able to see? I mean, what if, 
okay, so you're Mr. Right. You're the Mr. Right of all rights. But I'm just saying, okay, so what if I was, <laughs> what if I was staring Mr. Right right in the face and I didn't know it was Mr. Right because I was in a bad place then and I wasn't healthy enough to know a good thing when it was staring me right in the face. And you're not going to recognize that person so as being that, Mr. Right for you at that time. Okay. So, so that would be so, the right person, wrong time for you. Yeah. Okay. So. What would have happened if we met 10, 15 years ago? You know, who knows where either of us were in our lives. So that may have been uh, a wrong time. Sometimes I remember thinking back that, have I met the person I'm going to be with? Have I, do I already know this person? Is it somebody who already exists in my life somewhere? And I, I thought about that a lot. And uh, it, it, didn't, uh, it didn't happen that way, obviously, when I met you. Here's what I can tell you about meeting the right person. Um, is that uh, it is effortless. Okay? There is a, there is a feeling of... Um, I, know, I know relationships are work... It's been said, marriage is work, and yes, it is. But of all the guys that I've dated, um, it, it I, you felt like um, there, was, there was something effortless about it. And um, I think that when you are out there dating uh, listeners and you are assessing your dates as, to, as if, you know, they are marriage material or relationship material, I would say to you, take a good hard look, watch, observe. Is it, is it a lot of drama? Is it a lot of work? Are you encountering way too many problems too soon? Do you feel like you're dating someone who's driving with the brakes on? Do you feel that that person has other things that are preoccupying him or her? Uh, I think that there is something to be said for knowing that love is kind of easy in a way if it's if it's right it should be easy it, it should, should be effortless be, it should be give and take it should not be challenging to the point where you're conflicted and something is i'm hitting a wall with this person it should be free and easy and Clear yes, yes. And I did not understand healthy love for a long time. I didn't, I didn't really grow up with it. It wasn't really around me. I didn't have great role models. I hope my parents aren't listening. Thankfully, my mother does not know how to use a computer. My dad is probably, I don't know where right now. Uh, but they did their best, but I will say did not have great role models in terms of, of seeing, observing so healthy love. I, you it's, know, it's okay, but I, it, it does but you know what? Love. A lot of people don't. You're right. A lot of people grow up with no love, bad love, skewed love, unhealthy love. Um, so that's, it's up to you. It's incumbent upon you to get healthy. And with that said, I would like to bring in our guest. We're going to introduce him in now. Okay. Oh, okay. So yes, let's so let's just stay on topic here because we are going to bring in um, a guest that has a lot to say um, about finding love and or happiness in being single. Um, she talks a lot about the stigma of being single. She's also a fellow late bloomer and um, a professor. So she's probably going to keep it clean. So we are going to get to our first guest. After the break. After our first break. All right. Which I think is, uh, 
we are we're we're going to come into it right about now all right so done being single everybody thank you for tuning in and stay with us we've got more we've got fun we've got facts information tips tricks all kinds of shit and we're going to be right back stay with us now back to done being single with dating badasses trevor and robbie sharp We are back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to bring in our first guest. Her name is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. She's a psychologist, author, podcast host, and musician. She is multi-hyphenate people. She is just a just a ball of talent. Her book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right, <laughs> is a word of empowerment to singles, encouraging them to stay strong Admist, admist single shaming, live life on their own terms, and never, ever settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. A former professor, Dr. Karen now hosts Love and Life, a podcast providing lively and informative discussions grounded in psych research to help listeners thrive in all realms of love and life. And Karen, welcome to Done Being Single. Welcome, Karen. Are you there? Be here. Okay, great. It's working. So, Karen, um, welcome to the show. And as you heard in the, the first segment, we are talking about um, the the concept of right person, wrong time. Is there such a thing? Does it exist? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I love this conversation because it's something I hear a lot from people that I interact with on social media and people who listen to my podcast. I mean, it's a really dicey question, and I think, you know, Trevor, you mentioned I'm also a late-blooming bride. I started dating at 15 and got married at 42, so I had been in many, many, many different relationships, called off a wedding at 34 just to spice things up, (laughs) you know, runaway bride thing going on. So there's a lot to be said for this question, and I think overall I agree with what you guys were saying is that ultimately when it's the right person, the timing will also fall into place, and it will be easy. It's, uh, it's something that takes a little perspective. And for some of us, it just takes longer to find that person. But I can also say that there were times when I heard that from people were breaking up with me. It's just the wrong timing and so forth. And it always felt a little phony. I don't think they meant to be disingenuous. I think they really believed that that was the case. But I also thought, you know what, if it's the right person, they're going to make those efforts. They're going to make those life adjustments so that we can be together. Um, I uh, want to quote a friend of mine who actually put it um, in much more vulgar terms. Um, so <laughs> seeing as that I'm a longshoreman and a sailor, she said that when a guy wants to be with you, he will put his dick through glass. <laughs> so I, well, sorry, I but that, it's... <laughs> I have to use for his dick later. So... <laughs> Um, but it is true. So, um, it, but the, okay, excuse so, me. The, um, but the the question I have for you is: it, if the person isn't right, um, are you are you forcing a round peg into a square hole? And and how do you know when it's right? And how do you know well, when and to I- proceed? And how do you know when to put your dick through glass? <laughs> 
Well, and I'll go back to really yeah, thoughts, a lot of what happens in the dating landscape is a lot of trying to force that round peg into the square hole. And we've all been guilty of it, especially when a relationship has a lot of good stuff in it. I mean, that's the thing. It's easy to break up with someone if you know that they're a loser and a low life and they're dragging you down in every realm of your life. But when there's a lot of good stuff, like 80%, you know, 80% of it's good. They're hardworking, they're kind, they treat you right, they're smart, they're driven, they're motivated, but you just don't have that that spark. And so then you, you start playing mental gymnastics. Well, maybe I don't need that. You know, maybe good enough is good enough. And so it's really hard because, and then you hear things, especially like we were later, you know, getting into our late 40s, you know, you know, late 30s, late 40s, all of a sudden people, people's expectations start weighing in on us and, and causing us to doubt ourselves. And when we think maybe I am looking for something that doesn't exist, so you keep trying to make that square peg or the round hole or whatever, you keep trying to force it because there's so much good stuff there. But you know it down deep at some level, if you really are honest with yourself, that it feels like settling. And that's what I, I think is really the, the key. If it feels like settling and if there's too much work involved, I agree with you. It should be easy. And that, people take issue with that. <laughs> they really do. They want to say relationships are so hard, but I don't always agree with that. So what are some red flags to um, uh, look for uh, when you're dating people in the beginning? What in the are beginning? Your, what are your red flags? Yeah, what are your red, what are your red flags? Well, I think that comes from, and I think that's also the blessing. You know, Trevor, you just joined us um, on my podcast, and we talked about some of these issues. One of the positive aspects of being a late bloomer is that you really are spending so much of your time in adulthood really having the chance to self-reflect, to evaluate yourself, and to clarify your values. And so that's something that, you know, in your early 20s, you're probably not running around town going, what are my values? <laughs> you know, but as you get older, this, these sorts of questions just become more common, and they're so useful because if you're dating someone, and even in the first couple of dates, you see something that's out of step with your values, then you know that this isn't a fit, no matter all the other good stuff that might be there. So if you, see, if you know that honesty is really important to you and you date someone who just starts within the first couple dates you know, making some comments about, oh, they, they fudged on their taxes or they fudged on their uh, you know, re- expense report for work or something, and you go, you know what, that's maybe not the biggest thing for some people, but for me it's a huge deal, and I, I don't yeah. want to spend my life with someone like that. I think it's a, I think it's a good one. It's a good little yeah. one to be an indicator of how that person could be for, for bigger issues. Yeah. Exactly. And especially when we think people are probably presenting what they consider their A-game in the first couple months. <laughs> so if you're seeing something early on that just doesn't sit right with you, then it's not a fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love my dad used to say, you know, dating is like going to the store and trying on a pair of jeans. You know, if it's not a fit, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the pants. It's just not a fit. And we have to be okay with that. Dating is, by definition, trial and error. But I think, again, as we get older, sometimes that pressure or we hear things from people that suggest that we must be doing something wrong or maybe I have these deep-seated relationship issues that are preventing me from meeting someone, then we start falling prey to that and we go, okay, I'll I'll stick with it. I'll make this work. And then it does start feeling hard. I have a question. How do you know, uh, with that said, how do you know when you're enough or how do you know when you need to fix yourself? Yeah, and I think that's a great question, Trevor. We kind of touched on this on my podcast as well. My perspective in general is that singles get too much crap. And, you know, the single shaming is very alive and well. And so my, in general, 
I believe that, you know, a 35-year-old adult who's married happily is no more emotionally sound and stable than a 35-year-old single adult. And although, because marriage is the norm and single is not, at least at that age, uh, single people get crap about it. But at the same time, you know, and I say that, and that's my position, then I get a lot of feedback and pushback from people. They go, well, you know what? No, these people are screwing, you know, they're sabotaging their relationships left and right. They're avoiding, they only go for the bad guys. You know, they're avoiding the good guys because those guys are too boring and so forth. So at the same time, it's not that I'm suggesting that people should be just out there living their dysfunctional lives and wreaking havoc. No, but you, I mean, it should be, again, part of your journey whether no matter what your relationship status is, to be continue, continuously self-evaluating and working on your stuff. You know, we talked about it, Trevor, just working on your issues, whether that means reading some self-help books, whether that means going to seminars or getting into therapy, which obviously as a psychologist, I'm a big fan of therapy. But I don't think that if, even if you fix yourself, it, you know, quote-unquote, you know, don't don't kid yourself. That doesn't mean that Mr. Wright's going to show up on a white horse two seconds later. You know, sometimes timing does play a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a uh, I was reading uh, off your uh, website. Uh, you had a, a quote from a, a Chris Gage, uh, where um, Chris I think is a woman, and she said the right people are timeless. The right people make you want to throw away the plans you originally had for one and follow them into the hazy unknown future without a glance backwards. And I started reading, I thinking, wow, the wrong people can do this too to you. I mean, the wrong people are timeless. Wrong people make you want to throw away the plans you originally had for somebody and follow them into whatever unknown. So uh, I, I think the thing is that we have to develop our own pickers to be better. We have to know and recognize who is right, who is good for us, and not be afraid to acknowledge who is bad for us. Yeah, yeah, I, I am uh, the, the, I've done that so many times. I was in, especially in my 40s, when I was particularly desperate. And you know how I feel about desperation. It's, it will be the ruination of everything. Desperation destroys everything in its path. And I kept attracting a certain type of guy over and over and over again, and kept blaming it blaming it on them, and it was always them, 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 until I thought, wait a minute, no, there's a common denominator here, it is me, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I bottomed out with one particular relationship, and um, I said, that's it, I think there's something wrong here, I need to go in, I need to fix it, I am not happy, I am not attracting healthy people, and um, I, no one told me to do it. I, I just got to that point. I happen to have gotten to that point in my uh, mid-40s. I wish it had happened 20 years earlier. But again, you know, timing, timing is everything. So I, I think that, um, yes, you have to have some level of self-reflection and uh, be able to go inside, have the guts, have the courage, have the balls to take a good hard look at yourself and your choices and, and at that point, bring in whatever you need to. Bring in the big guns. Get therapy. Read. Do whatever it takes 
uh, listen to your podcast, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, read your book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right, which I did, and I loved it because it made me feel like, oh, I'm normal. There's There are other people that feel like me, and I shouldn't feel shamed because I'm, I'm single. And it was uh, really a big help for me, and I, I loved your voice in this book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and just to segue from what you were just saying, I think it, it doing the work, I don't even like calling it work really because it's so exciting. Now, some of it will be painful. Not every therapy session or every book that you read, if you're digging deep and you're kind of looking at some stuff that you've been avoiding, uh, there can be some pain involved. But ultimately, you're just finding out your true self, the healthiest version of you. And as you do that, the beautiful result is that then those people who you've been attracting they become less attractive. <laughs> like that bad boy, it's not sexy anymore. <laughs> He's not sexy. You see his pathology. You don't like it. The narcissism doesn't turn you on anymore. So, yeah, I'd encourage all your listeners that being single is such a great opportunity. Honestly, in most of the time I, I, when I'm talking to people who are married, they're struggling, and oftentimes it's because they got married super young and they didn't have the chance to do this independent work and then find someone like you and Robbie who is just such a natural, easy fit. Thank you. Yes. I, I feel that way. Yeah. Uh, Karen, do you happen to have a uh, tip of the week for us? You know, I do. I, I love some, you know, do's and don'ts related to the timing stuff. You know, the first do is remember that if someone gives you that timing line, which like I said, I got that timing line in my late 30s after I called off my wedding um, at 34 and then I dated a guy from ages 34 to 36, which now looking back, you know, it doesn't seem like that old, but at the time I felt like I'm ready. And um, when he left, it was this whole timing thing and he had to go do what he needed to do and I was devastated. And what I did is I took it as, um, you know, a, a rejection of my character and, and, and who I was and that how couldn't he see what we had? We were together two years. And so I would encourage people, so do remember ultimately that if someone leaves you with this, you know, timing excuse, you don't want to be with someone like that anyway. Mm. And that's so hard to see when you're in pain because you just love this person so much. But just remember that that, that kind of person who's going to dole out that excuse you don't want them anyway, so just keep that in mm-hmm. mind. And then don't, like I said, also don't take it as a rejection. You know, go back to my dad's analogy about the pair of pants. You know, it's just not a fit. And and don't take everything as a rejection because really, and this is the kind of stuff that when I was 23, I would have been like, what are you people talking about? <laughs> but with a couple years under my belt, you know, don't take things as a rejection because when people can't see what you have to offer, that's about them. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't want to be in a relationship where you're just having to even in a marriage, and this happens to people when they, they keep pushing it and they go through with it, people can feel very alone and rejected in a marriage. So you yes. don't, if you're getting rejected or you're feeling that, don't take it as a personal rejection. Take it as, a, as a, a sign that this is time to part ways and there's someone who's going to fully appreciate you for everything you have to offer and find that person. Uh, well said. I, I you, am Karen. all for that. And I would also say that one of my biggest dating do's is do, actually it's a do not, take things personally anywhere in life but particularly in dating because i will say that if i took personally every breakup every rejection every guy that dumped me i i wouldn't be able to get out of bed so i i have learned the hard way 
not to take things personally. It's It'll save your life, actually, in the long run. Um, I, there's so much I want to get to. Oh, my gosh, there's, whole, there's a whole chunk of stuff on family of origin I wanted to get to with you. But um, can we save it for another conversation? Can we have you back on the show? Oh, I'd love it. Thank you for the invitation. Oh my Thank gosh, I'm, I, I really believe in, in family and in upbringing. It has so much to do with choices that you make in your current life. So, But we'll get to it. We'll bring you back on. Karen, thank you so much. Oh, you. you are fantastic. Yes, Karen. Um, Karen, you want to tell everybody your social media stuff, where to find you? Yeah, so Facebook is uh, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril, and Karen is with an I, and Abril is A, B as in boy, R E L L. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. Karen, so D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson, because I started Twitter before I was married. So, But yeah, I'd love to connect with people. I do a lot of engagement. It's, I'm, in Instagram in particular, I'm having a great time just having conversations go back and forth and really trying to support and encourage singles that I'm interacting with. Great. Thank you so much. You're, you, you're, you're my sister. You're my homie. You're my fellow late-blooming bride. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back after this. And now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Great. Okay. <laughs> Funny I love stuff. that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, I We got an email last week that we got to, but the guys kind of sort of took over and I didn't have a chance to put in my two cents here. So I'm going to read this email from Terry. She, Terry. Hi, guys. I've been divorced for 11 years. I'm going to be an empty nester soon. My son is graduating from high school and going to college. I've somewhat enjoyed being single, but now I find myself becoming terrified about remaining single forever. All my married and single friends say that dating is a pain in the ass and men my age, 54, want women half my age. How can I not freak out about my single status but still remain hopeful that I will find love again and forever? So here's what I have to say. There's a lot to unpack here, Terry. Uh, The guys answered you sort of last week in terms of why guys tend to date younger women. I want to speak to you as a midlife woman. And uh, there's three things I want to say here. Uh, Number one, you should feel so fantastic about being this age uh, and all that you've accomplished. It, at no point should you feel bad that you are in your 50s and single. This is a fantastic time. Menopause be damned. Uh, it is. Um, it, I have never felt better about myself. I know who I am. I know what I want. I have worked hard on it. And there is really something to be said for being single at this time, you can really call your own shots. You can be who you want. There are no rules. Uh, you are in total control. And I need to remind you that because, you know, we are a little older. And if, if the guys want younger women, and I think it, that came up last week, it might have come up today. Those are guys you don't want. You don't want, you don't want a guy who wants a 30-year-old. That's not your guy. And, and yuck. I wouldn't. I, I don't want... Um, a man looking for someone half my age. So that's that's number Can one. Can I add one thing to that, please? And that oh, is, I was. Uh, I, this is my response. Uh, Hold on, man. Response. This is the female response. Okay. So that's number one. 
oh, I'm going to give it to you after this show. Not in the good way that you think. Okay. So that's number one. Number two. So, so the pride, feeling good about your age. You are sending a son to college. Jesus Christ, Terry. That's an accomplishment. That is hard. That is a good job. You did that. Okay. He did that. But you did that too. Just another thing to feel uh, really good about yourself. Okay. And the third thing I want to say is about the, the uh, potential, the prospect of being alone. Uh, girlfriend, let me tell you something about being alone. You better get used to it and you better fucking love it because the sooner you get comfortable with being alone and making friends with your solitude, uh, you will, things are going to start to turn. You will turn a corner. It's imperative that you get comfortable with your solitude. It's not going to be easy. I'm sure you've sort of dependent on your son for a lot of the, this, to fill the time since your divorce, he's going to be leaving. You got to find time, find other things to fill your time. But first and foremost, get comfy being on your own and alone. Because again, I'm going to say one more time about desperation. People smell it a mile away. Okay, they can smell desperation. It's not pretty. It doesn't smell good. And it's just not, it's not, you don't have to be. So uh, take a deep breath. Exhale. You're going to be fine. And, and just take the edge off. And by the way, one more thing, and then I'm going to let the man speak. Uh, I always say I would rather be alone than be in a relationship and wish I was alone. So there's yeah. that. Okay. Very good. Uh, I just wanted to add one thing to uh, your ability to uh, expand your scope of who might be a potential mate may mean uh, raise the age of who you're currently looking at. If you're only looking at guys your age, feel free to go up 5, 10, 15 years older than you. Uh, at this point, at 55, a 70-year-old guy is going to think that you're like a, a you know 20-year younger hottie, and that's a that's a great thing for some men. They they would you know just savor that in you, where uh, you may not be finding that in guys your own age who are thinking who haven't evolved yet. So, just yes, that's all I want. Date against add. type. Date against your type. That's uh, a, date that's against type, a, but don't don't worry if there are no dates. There will be dates. You can make it happen and keep an open mind and cast a very wide dating net. This is to everybody out there. Cast your dating net very wide because you don't know the the guy that you didn't you know may not have looked at that was a little overweight or a little short or a little bald or whatever. You know he could be he could be the greatest guy ever. To the men, I say the same thing. Cast a wide dating net and keep an open mind. You know what time it is? What time is it? Tales from Dating Hell. It's time for Tales from Dating Hell. Okay. So we have someone online now who has a good dating hell story. Okay, I think we do. And his name is Lee Allen. Hi, Lee. Hello there. Are you with us? I am. Okay, uh, Lee. Lee's a great guy, everybody. He's a um, former and sometime uh, occasional stand-up comedian. He does other things, super talented, and he is single, ladies. Tall, good-looking, and Jewish. (laughs) So, Lee, 
Tell us what it's like out there in dating hell. Well, uh, you know, just my upbringing was about just always being respectful, uh, whether, you know, in the dating world, not in the dating world, just being respectful. Uh, I had a, uh, I had a date, uh, first date. We were uh, at dinner and, uh, you guys were talking earlier on the show that it should just be easy and just be effortless, and it was all of that. And we were laughing through the whole dinner, and uh, we were totally attracted to each other. And when dinner ended, I walked her out to her car, and uh, we made out for 15, 20 minutes wow. and, uh, in a very, very passionate way. And I'm feeling, hey, this, this could really be something great. Yeah. So uh, I called her the next day. Uh, and left a message and just said, hey, I had a great time. Uh, if you're free Saturday night, I'd love to go out. Uh, you know, let me know. And uh, I get back from her a text. And the text said, uh, I had a great time, too. Uh, but just to be honest, uh, somebody uh, asked me out for Saturday night, and he's from out of town. And he made uh, plans uh, for the day and for the evening and made some reservations. And so I feel obligated to uh, go out with him. Hmm. And I was completely comfortable with that. I texted back. I said, totally cool, completely understand. If you don't uh, run off to Las Vegas and get married, uh, we'll go out next week. I get a text back from her in capital letters with exclamation points, wrong answer. <laughs> what? Said, you are supposed to tell me not to go out with him, that we are a perfect couple, and that I need to blow him off so that we can be together. Wow. Oh, my. Well, uh, after, I, after I got up off the floor from <laughs> passing out from, you know, total disillusionment, uh, it was quite apparent that just because it starts off in this incredible, easy, smooth, fun first impression, it does not necessarily mean that that is who the right person is for you. Do you think she was testing you? Is that what this was about? Just or I, I, I think it was a test, but more I just think that she... Uh, as many people do, and I'm not going to just say women, I, I think men uh, as well, have a certain set of parameters. You're talking about if someone is, wasn't tall enough or if they didn't look exactly like they wanted to look. People have, some people, you have to meet a certain set of absolute criteria. And if you don't, you're not for me. And that's, you know, maybe she was testing me, but apparently I did not fit her specific criteria. I think I think she was dating. Uh, dating you. Know, she was testing you. She sounds like an, an online wackadoodle. And uh, you know, one of these nut jobs, which I had a, a, a few of. Um, they get all bent out of shape, even just in a text. It's. I think people get so hardened and jaded, and they they just get. They're so angry. I, this is this is a whole other episode on. To online dating and how it's ruined romance, I think. But okay, so Lee, so Lee, go ahead. No, Lee, we only have a minute to our break. What? Uh, do you, yes, unfortunately. But uh, you have any another story? Maybe a, a good story? Yeah, uh, yes, I, I had uh, what I believe to be uh, the greatest first date in the history of uh, first dating. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you guys know who uh, Gary Shandling is? 
Absolutely. Love, okay, love that's guy. not who the date was with. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. But uh, he's a great guy. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, but yeah. many years ago, uh, I had just finished working at the uh, San Diego Improv uh, for a week. And uh, after the last show, uh, I stayed over an extra day and, and was going out on a first date. And I, Gary was doing a, a show uh, at the Improv uh, that night. And uh, at the, I was having a good time on the date, and I asked her if she would like to go uh, to the show. She said yes. And we get to the club, and uh, uh, Dave Becky, the manager, uh, introduced me to Gary. He said, Gary, this is Lee Allen. I said, Gary, this is my friend Lynn. And in that moment when we were holding hands, yet I said, this is my friend, he kind of figured it was like a first date. And Gary Shanling said to me, he said, Lee Allen, wow, I am a big fan of yours. <laughs> You are a great writer. I think you're going to be one of the next big comedy stars in the country. Well, I, I, I was completely blown away by this until I realized what he was doing. He was trying to help me get laid. He was using his big guy uh, celebrity status to help out the little guy. I love it. And did he succeed? Or rather, did you? I'll be damned if it didn't work like a charm. Right on, Gary and Lee. That's, that's great. so great. That's like team. That's like it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> to get to get Lee Lane. Well, in this case, it took a celebrity village, but still, I love it. I, really um, how long to the break? Because I actually, we're, are we at the break? We're at the break. Lee, now, stay so. with us. Stay with us, because uh, I actually, um, I have a Gary Shandling story myself. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Sharf. All right, so you have a Gary Shandling I do, story? I do. It's I, like, I, I have a little shout-out to Gary Shandling in, mm. in heaven because he actually fixed me up on a date. I didn't go out with Gary, but he fixed me up with Albert Brooks. <laughs> and um, and I, it Albert. was one of the – it was a funny date. It was a blind date. I mean, not, not for me. I knew what he looked like. Um, and this is this guy between – no, you know when it was? OJ. When was OJ? 94. All right, so it was right after O.J. had, you know, the white Bronco, and he was still free, and and everyone was going hysterical about it. And anyway, so I meet Albert Brooks at his house, and um, we had dinner. We went to uh, sushi, came back. He was in such a hurry to end the date. <laughs> the guy could be less interested in me. He wanted to... Okay, very funny. Okay. He wanted to get back to the TV for the 11 o'clock news like no one's business to see the latest on OJ. Was he was news. like he was obsessed with OJ. And but you know what? He's uh, if Albert, if you're listening, you were totally charming and a gentleman. And no, I did not get laid. And uh, uh, it was he's as exactly as you know him to be. So that's my Gary Shandling story. Very good. We um, actually have a caller online. And uh, I think it's Carol. Uh, Carol, are you there? Hello, Carol. Hi. Hi, Hi Carol. Me? Yeah. Hi. Hi, guys. You're on the air. Well, that's awesome. What, what <laughs> is it that we can do for you? Well, um, first off, I wanted to thank you guys for doing this show. I think it's awesome that um, people are finally kind, kind of getting an understanding of what the dating world is like out there, and it's great that you guys figure it out and can share your inspiration and insight for the rest of us that are still single, so thank you. 
Um, I listened to your show last week. It was awesome and motivational. And I have a question and a dating nightmare. I don't know which you'd like to, which you prefer. How about your question? Okay. Um, my question is, from both of your points of views, what is the best place to, as a woman to meet a good guy, a smart guy, a fun guy? <laughs> okay. Um, I will answer you from the, the, women, the woman's perspective. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, here, are my, here are my top three places for women to meet guys. Number one, a driving range at a golf course. Oh, really? Oh, it is a okay. man... It's like shooting fish in a in a whatever. What do they call it? A barrel with a man magnet. It is, yeah. It's it's wall to wall men. Um, second, uh, if you don't like sports, learn to love sports because sports bars. Are if you don't again, love sports, do, learn to love. Learn sports. to love football because, ladies, I'm telling you uh, again, gold mine. Uh, it is uh, sports bars, driving range, are, range, driving ranges are men magnets. And third, I'm going to say adult uh, education classes. I have met lots of really nice guys at like uh, UCLA Extension, um, smart guys, uh, interesting guys. Uh, that's and it's no pressure. It's not a bar, you know. It's everyone's mm-hmm. sort of there together. So those are my top three for for me. That's. Oh, those, those are great. Uh, I think those are for, great. Thanks for for men. When you know men looking to meet women, uh, I would say yoga classes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean that, for sure. and not necessarily at twenty four hour fitness or other major big gyms, but I think that uh, you know uh, more intimate hot yoga yes, type things. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, markets are a great place. Specifically, a nice Whole Foods between the hours of five and seven, which Travis suggested. Yeah, I'd also say that to you too, Carol. Uh, if you're single, mm-hmm. because if you're single, uh, if you're if you are if you're married and, and and have kids, you're not in a Whole Foods or you're not in a market between five and seven. And okay, so that's so you got to know that anybody in a Whole Foods markets between are those great. hours, yes. Uh, the gym oh. is a great place, and uh, let's talk about for both to meet. Men and women, uh, coffee houses near office. Oh buildings. my God! Okay, Carol, here's a hot tip for you. Okay, um, coffee, coffee, Starbucks in in the bottom of. Um, I know this is going to sound really obscure and crazy, but um, like Starbucks in the bottom of a, a office building. You know what I mean? Where where people yes, are going to be, I do get, get, get it? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Trust me. I would go, I'd hang out, I'd take a paper, I would bring my computer. You will you will meet people. You'll meet guys there. And Carol, I don't know if you have a, a dog, but dog parks are a great place to meet. Uh, no, but I can certainly borrow one. Borrow a dog <laughs> and go hang out okay, at a dog so, park. Okay, so here's what you have to do, Carol. Borrow a dog, learn how to play golf, and learn how to love sports. <laughs> Is that too much? Completely changed my That's lifestyle. That's your homework. And we want a full report on our desk. And Monday call us morning. back and tell us how you did. Okay. I, I promise that I will do that. Thanks, Carol. guys. Thanks for the tips. Carol, thank you so much for the call, and uh, thanks for tuning in. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap thank up. Thank you, guys. We've got, uh, we're going to talk about next week's show. Yeah, I, I right want to do a little promo for next week's show because it is going to be a doozy, people. Um, get ready. Assume yeah. the position, politics and dating. Wow. Yes. Um, you knew it was coming. 
So uh, we've been advised. I mean, you knew it. it was coming. So we're going to tackle it head on. Okay. So with that said, calling all, calling all Democrats, Republicans, snowflakes, Trumpsters, libtards, and repugnants. Independents too. And the women who love them. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you next Saturday. Call in. Tell us how politics has either helped or ruined your love life. Is it helping you get laid or is it cramping your style? My guess it's the second one. But um, we want to hear from know. you. So call in, call, email. Email Treb and Robbie at donebeingsingle.com. Yes, 888-346-9141. Um, call us. Let us know how politics is screwing with you or not screwing you. And uh, this has been a, a great hour. Thank you, you and, guys, uh, everybody. Um, congratulations. You're done being single. You are ready for love. So. And that is a great thing. So stay with us next week. More to come. Thanks for listening this week to Done Being Single. Join Trevor and Robbie Sharp every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. See you next week on Done Being Single.